We're in that hammock week between Christmas and New Year's. It's kind of quiet around here. You change things up on you, Pete. <laughs> How you doing? You, you thought you were coming in right before Christmas, but you're not. No, no. Uh, I mean, it, we're recording before Christmas, but this episode is actually coming out next week. I can't wrap my mind around that. It's like a time machine. <laughs> Hello from the future. Right. So welcome, Pete Perzo. Hi. Workforce advancement guru. <laughs> we're not there yet, but we're working welcome on Welcome to Spacious Podcast Studio A here, uh, the On Track Podcast. How was your Christmas? Uh, I'm expecting it was great. <laughs> I'll let you know. Okay. So uh, we've got Pete on here this week. With Pete coming on this week, a guy by the name of Wally Adamchick, who's the president of Firestarter Speaking and Consulting. He's going to be working with you and Kevin and Kendall and our foreman this winter. So we'll touch touch base with you and him in a little bit. We've got a safety topic, Cam Hagar, incident management. Got some shout outs. Price is right. The cost to replace the cutting edge on the blade of a D6N dozer. Some announcements. This is Wally Adamchick. Hey, Wally Herb. Hello. And Pete. Hi. You may hey. not have known it, but you are on the Sergeant on Track podcast. Well, I'm glad I didn't curse when I picked up. <laughs> it's usually how he answers the phone. Is that right? Yeah. So uh, we'll give you a minute. Uh, in a minute here, we'll give you a chance to introduce yourself and what you do. But I guess I'd, I'd first say that I first became aware of you on LinkedIn, I think, and and followed some of your material. And I think you've kind of commented on some of ours on occasion. And, and then, uh, I guess it was last summer, I think I I heard you on the Build Wit podcast with Aaron Witt. Yeah. And uh, you weren't awful. So I said, let's, let's get, <laughs> that, that wasn't, that's not the way I meant to say that. Wally, I'm sorry. <laughs> Noted. That's, <laughs> What kind of hospitality is that? No, I, I was very impressed with with that conversation you had with Eric, and uh, said, you know, I think we could uh, we could stand to have this guy come come talk to our folks. So that's exactly Excellent. what's going to happen. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll turn you loose for your own introduction if you'd like to, and let us know where you came from. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I grew up in the construction industry. My, my brother and dad were teamsters in New York City. I grew up on Long Island, which I guess for you would make me a southerner. But living right. in uh, living in Raleigh, North Carolina now, that makes me a damn Yankee. Right. So um, either way, yeah, it does. So um, um, but, you know, early on age, you know, 13 or so being a helper on jobs in the city. And um, along the, then from there, I, I um, went to the University of Notre Dame. I was on a scholarship with the Marine Corps. I spent 10 years as an officer of Marines and then got back out into the real world and <clears throat> was able to get back into this world of construction from a consulting perspective. And, uh, you know, when I'm standing in front of or on a break with your people, it's like I'm hanging out with my brother. It's just a good fit and uh, with good people doing good work. And I enjoy the opportunity to uh, not only spend time with them, but, uh, you know, help their lives get a little bit better from a, a leadership perspective. And, and that's, that, that really is the feeling I got when I, when I listened to the podcast you did with Eric, because 
you know, I, I feel like this guy can really relate with our folks. Yeah. And that's, I, you know, and when you say, well, you know, how do you define your business? How do you differentiate your business? Well, I speak and consult on leadership to the construction industry. Uh, and that's 99% of my time. Uh, I'll do some first responder work. I was at Coast Guard Station, New York City a couple couple months ago, which was you know fascinating because it's the busiest place in America from a Coast Guard perspective. Um, but you know that's more uh, I'll call it not social work, um, you know, giving back, right? Well, to, when I go speak to the first responders, whether that's in the military or the uh, or law enforcement, but uh, this is this is who I am and what I do. I spend time in the construction industry, and I've been out there. In fact, when I was in the Marines, I was a tank officer. So you start talking about you know being safe and what it takes to move heavy equipment. I know a little bit about that too. Wow. Well, thank you for your service. Uh, you're welcome. So what what did it, what does a tank officer do? And I'm not I'm not trying to be a smart ass. I'm, I'm, no, no, no. You know, no I'm really I was, curious what a tank officer does. I was a platoon commander, so it was uh, me and twenty marines and five sixty-ton uh, tanks uh, doing whatever the infantry needed us to do. And um, the important thing in that statement is whatever the infantry needed us to do. Uh, after four years as a tank officer, I went and flew Cobra attack helicopters doing whatever the infantry needed us to do. Uh, once again, the key statement there is, is supporting the infantry. And really, when we think about, and, and, and this goes back into my philosophy, uh, and it's very consistent with your value of winning in the field, right? That's where it begins and ends. Uh, in the construction world. And if anybody doesn't doesn't believe that, then they shouldn't hire me. Uh, but uh, let's face it, that, that's what it's all about, getting the information and the equipment and the tools and the materials and the labor uh, to the field, you know, where, where things are happening. So, um, you know, I have, I have a clear perspective on what I think is important and how we help deliver that uh, every single day. So we started talking, I can't remember, it was August maybe we started talking to you? Perhaps, yeah. And uh, we, we, we've outlined a series of sessions with our foreman, and we were talking on an earlier podcast about our foreman, and we did not get an opportunity to get together with them at all last, uh, last year, or t- 2021. And we just felt like it would be good to bring him back in and, and set up a few sessions with him, and we just felt like you fit in. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, your point about not being able to get together, obviously, you know, COVID disrupted a lot of things. And, uh, the, you know, the, the companies that are winning are figuring out a way to overcome those disruptions and, and deal with them. And, uh, you know, you're not alone. Uh, the Q1 coming up here in 2022 will absolutely be my biggest and my busiest Q1 ever. Now, it's always my busiest time of the year, but this one is is even more so because there's a lot of pent up demand. You know, you got an infrastructure bill. I mean, there's just so much demand, and the labor equation is not getting any better for the contractor. No, it's getting worse, in fact. But this is one of those things we're trying to do to affect that. Yes. Yep. So, uh, Wally, tell us a little bit about what you think our people can expect to get out of this training. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, there's, and, and, you know, to be clear, it's not just the Wally show, uh, the, the program that these frontline leaders, these foremen are coming into is a mix of, you know, sergeant process content, uh, and, you know, I'll call it Wally leadership content. And, and that's a, that's a very important 
um, realization that uh, I can be, you know, I, look, I've written two books on leadership. I mean, I can be God's gift to leadership speaking uh, and rah-rah motivation and everything like that. But if you don't have a good playbook, you know, you're not going to win the game, right? So the things that you guys are going to talk about, you know, on the process side, um, on the planning side, uh, and and getting into your systems and all that, that's, I would argue, equally important. And when we put together superior processes and superior leadership, uh, then we can have superior results. But any other combination of process and and leadership gives us less than superior results. And I'm pretty confident all your employee owners want to have, uh, you know, superior results. So, you know, uh, so there's the there's the sergeant side of the conversation. On my side of the conversation, you know, if I if I gave you the the, the big picture, I would say um, we're trying to increase the self awareness in these frontline leaders so that they can be more effective in a range of situations with people. And then, you know, kind of the subtext of that is to give them usable tools and models that they can, you know, look at and say, okay, I've got this kind of person standing in front of me. Maybe I should go left instead of right, because the last time I went right, uh, they reacted negatively. So I'm going to try something different this time. So I would like to think that my content is, in, is, is usable relevant and relatable you know uh, theory is great but it, it doesn't put food on the table right so how do we take theory and make it relevant and usable so that uh, you get good ROI out of it and I, and I think that's what they'll get you know and, and there's a whole bunch of you know subjects that will go through um, over the course of those days and I suspect we'll chat about them in the next few minutes but self-awareness with usable content is the way I would summarize it Pete. Well, you just mentioned ROI, and and when you say ROI, you mean re return on investment. And yeah. We feel pretty strongly that all the training we do, we get it all back and then some. But really important to package it all, uh, as you as you said, with the with the structure, and and then with you know with the ideas of the leadership, the the tools that you can that you can use to maximize that structure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I mean, sitting in a classroom, you know, can be really good. It can also be really painful. So that's uh, one of the things we try to make the learning experience in the classroom. I'll use the word enjoyable. Uh, and that's not just me, you know, bouncing around the walls. It's again about having relevant content that the attendees and the students can, you know, say, okay, I can do something with this. But then how do you, how do you translate? How do you take it to the field? It's it's just like, you know, having a, you know, we can we can be in the shop all day long walking around a piece of equipment, but at some point you, you have to take it out and get it dirty. And when you do that, you're going to make mistakes. So how do we learn from those mistakes? How do we critique that? How do we come back to it? Uh, and, and that's one of the things we're doing with this program. This isn't, you know, a one day thing. We're delivering this thing over the course of several weeks so that people have a chance to go home and, you know, think about it, chew on it a little bit, may, maybe even go apply the tech, the, 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 the things that we're sharing, uh, you know, weather permitting. Um, because learning takes time and application. It takes both of those things. Yeah, so and Pete, hopefully we'll. Sorry. Good. Sorry. Well, Pete, we've got this yeah. set up as several sessions. Can you just tell us roughly what the what the sessions are? or the schedule of the sessions. Yeah. So we broke, uh, broke the foreman into, uh, two groups of roughly 30 folks a piece. And, uh, each, each week session is, is four days. Uh, so each group comes in, uh, either for a Monday, Tuesday or a Wednesday, Thursday. 
Uh, and one of those days is a Wally day, and one of those days is a Sergeant day. And we've got three of those four-day sessions. That's correct. Uh, January 3rd, January 24th, and February 7th, I believe. You, you mentioned Wally uh, trying to put these notions into, uh, into practice in between sessions, and that's, that's one of the reasons we set this up with some time between. Correct. So we can, we can start with a foundation, build on that, then come in again, uh, kind of, kind of do a debrief on on what we what we've done, and then add more. Is that the way you see this unfolding? Yeah, exactly. And and the other thing we'll do is um, over the course of time, over the course of summer, the the folks that attend will will hear from me again. We'll send them some videos, uh, you know, maybe a sixty second video or something like that that shows up in their inbox, and they're like, "Oh my God, there's Wally again." But it's you know, it's it's going to say something like, "Hey, remember in January when we talked about situational leadership?" Hey, let's get back into that model and let's take a look and let's look at, you know, and then I'll talk about the model a little bit and, and get them back into it, right? So rather than the, the learning and the retention just attenuating over time, we, we, we begin to keep it going up a little, you know, kind of flatten out like a sine curve almost as opposed to just this trough, go, you know, a cliff going off the edge. But right. yeah, we, ha we have to apply it. And the other thing is, you know, I'm 100% available to the attendees and, you know, they hear that now and they're like, yeah, whatever. But I guarantee you in July, some guy's going to call me and say, hey, I got a situation with a person. What do you recommend? Uh, and and, and I, every single one of your instructors is like that, of course. And, and I am too. I'm, you know, I'm part of the family now from, from this perspective. And, you know, how else do we, you know, again, to your point, hone your craft if we don't talk about it? Yeah. You mentioned uh, earlier self-awareness and, and I, when you said that I was thinking situational awareness, and then you just mentioned again, situational leadership, I think you said. Yeah. And that's right. so that self-awareness, uh, situational awareness, it's hard to have situational leadership without those two. Yeah, you know, and, and, and situational leadership, is, you know, conceptually, you get it. All right, I treat new guys differently than I treat old guys or, or new employees differently than I treat old employees, right? You know, I don't have to supervise. I don't have to micromanage. Uh, I, can, I can delegate more, et cetera. Well, conceptually, we get that. But every single one of us has our own style. And that style is my default style. And that's the one that when I show up every day is the one that, you know, on a scale of one to four, one is, you know, I'll micromanage the heck out of you. Four is, I won't even acknowledge, you know, I'll kind of ignore you because I trust you so much. You know, every single one of us has a style. Well, so that really means I'm going to over-supervise or under-supervise just about everybody I work with, depending on their style, right? So this is one of the pieces of self-awareness we'll work through. And this is an example of, of a very simple model that we would talk through uh, and add, you know, granularity to this concept of, yeah, I treat new people differently than I treat old people. Okay, well, let's be specific about that. At what point does, do you move along that continuum from, uh, you know, from very close supervision to allowing them some autonomy to basically, hey, you got it, I trust you, Herb, you know, that kind of yeah. a thing. So, um, that, that, yeah, that, and, and that's the self, and then you have to have the self-awareness in there to know what your default style is, and then you have to have the willingness and the ability to flex. Some people don't want to flex. I know you're going to have some folks in that room that go, this is just the way I am. <laughs> you probably have somebody's picture in mind as I said that, right? Um, but, and, and, and let's be clear, when we bring, you know, seasoned leaders into the room and say, hey, there's an opportunity to do this differently, 
nowhere in this do we say, hey, what you did 10 years ago was wrong. It was 100% right, or maybe 88% right, for that situation, that context, that time. But here we are in 2022, you know, you're an ESOP, we've got COVID, we've got, you know, we've got all this stuff going on. We've got trust at an all-time low in every institution in America. How about we create a place that's high on trust and high on investing in people, and then we leverage the heck out of that? You know, those are the kinds of, you know, concepts and, 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 and ideas that we'll chat about. So to that point, kind of want to back up on something Wally said a little bit earlier. Wally has this tendency to throw things out there like they're no big deal. Like, oh, I flew, I flew attack helicopters. Yeah, I walked the dog. That's you know, um, I drove a great stick today. Yeah. But uh, but he said he he mentioned he wrote a couple books and and one of those books, uh, construction leadership A to Z, uh, is really what convinced me uh, that we should have Wally in here. I have to admit, I I jealously guard our core purpose and values. I I think very highly of them, and I don't want anything to tarnish them, and and I want to make sure everything we're doing. Uh, is congruent with our core purpose and values. So reading that book and doing a little bit of research on Wally made me realize that um, there's a lot of tie-in. There's a lot of tie-in there. And the things that Wally is teaching uh, relate very well to our core purpose and values. So for me, it was a natural fit. And as you can see, as Wally's talking, he weaves our core purpose and values into everything yes, he, he says. So to me, that means that means a real lot. And it, it, it relays that message to our folks as well. So a quick detour on the core purpose of values. Pete, you did not have a formal role in the development of those core purpose and values. I was not there at this. You, you weren't in the room. That's correct. But uh, you did have a role in developing those core purpose and values as an employee. I feel like I did. And I guess the question I'm going to ask, it, it, it seems like to you when I talk to you about those values that it's like if I had to sit down and write them, that's what I would have written. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And that's the way we felt when we wrote them. And, and we just, as you said, we felt that, uh, and I felt like, Wally, when I heard you on that podcast uh, with, with Aaron, I just felt like this guy, the things he's saying are, are just would mesh so well in our core purpose and values. And, and so the same thing you're saying, Pete, is that's why I thought we need to get this guy on. Well, and, you know, you, when you look at them, you know, you, they're just words on paper until we make them real, right? And you know, when we talk to, and too often, that's all that a thing like purpose and values are. But, you know, here we're going to be talking to, what, 60 of your frontline leaders. I mean, and let's face it, as we noted, economically, that's where the rubber meets the road. But also to your frontline, you know, employee um that these leaders are the face of sergeant they are sergeant i mean pete and herbert are you know they're just way up there and i and i may get to see them from time to time but this foreman who i stand across from every single day he or she whether they either are or they are not a role model when it comes to you know your your values and and your uh, and your purpose and i guarantee you a frontline leader one and i don't either i don't wake up in the morning and and recite my personal mission statement to myself right but we, we so we have to help uh, these these leaders understand that like hey you you are sergeant 
not only as an employee owner, but uh, as a frontline leader, um, you're what people see. And, and, you know, these are the kinds of things that we will absolutely integrate into the conversation. And again, build, build an awareness piece and, and help the folks recognize how, you know, just how darn important they are. Right. And, th- and that we're delivering this to foreman doesn't necessarily give amnesty to the rest of the crew, right? We're not saying it's just for the foreman. What we're hoping that we can do is is get a more thorough understanding and and really weave these these values into the daily operating style so that the other employees see that and want that. And I think most of them do. Yeah, and, and there's a couple of things in that statement, Herb. All right, uh, you know, first of all, the foreman uh, is, and I say this, and and I just say it across the industry. They're probably the most underserved person, you know, in the industry. Right, meaning we expect so much out of them, and we give them so little from a development and and a support perspective. And I say we as an industry. Um, but then you know, you take it one step further, and why? Why, as an employee with my hand on a shovel, would do I should I do the right thing if my foreman isn't doing the right thing? You know, if he doesn't have his PPE on a hundred percent, if he's not, you know, operating, you know, in a, in a in a way consistent with what we say, why the heck should I? Right. right. So th- this program here is about giving the tools, the support, the technique, the love to, as I noted a second ago, probably one of the most underserved people in the industry and, and giving them a little bit more to help them get better at what they do every single day. That's really the whole point. And, and what we're really, mm-hmm. uh, as an employee-owned company, we're really trying to drive home the idea of bringing value and bringing value in a way that, that – I guess represents our values well. And when I say bringing value, it's not just financial value. It's, it's cultural value. It's leadership value. It's, uh, it's camaraderie. It's the value that comes with all those aspects of being a part of a team or part of a crew and, you know, just support for each other. And uh, I, I, I really look forward to where we go with this over the course of the next couple months. Well, and, and again, ultimately, you know, as you know, there's, I guess there's, there's midstream value and, and downstream value. You know, if we have camaraderie and we have that leadership value, it does show up in the stock price, right? Um, you know, at the, at the end of the day, I am a capitalist. And uh, if, if we're not creating value, um, what, you know, what, then why bother? Right. And, and now it's tougher to measure teamwork. It's tougher to measure, you know, what is the value of sitting in a classroom? What is the value of training? Well, we can quantify it. Uh, the research has been done. Uh, we know that training reduces turnover. Uh, we know that training increases performance right now, uh, you know, okay, well, when those things happen, we know that reduced turnover increases safety. Right. So we, we, we can do the math in the long run. And, and that's exactly, you know, the impact we hope to have on the bottom line, I think. Yeah. Well, with that said, yeah. So we, we really look forward to seeing you Wally in uh, January 3rd, right? January 3rd, January 3rd. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I am stoked and, and I, and I do have uh, cold weather clothing, so br- bring it on. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> not a problem. We, we didn't tell you this training's outdoors. I've got really cold weather training, and um, and uh, did did I mention my change order? 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wally told a story one time about uh, he had his whole tank pl- platoon building oh. snowmen. So I expect, gotta have fun sometimes. expect we're going to do the same. Yeah, that didn't go well for my career. <laughs> okay, well, look, uh, Wally, thanks again for coming on and, and taking the time to, to speak to our crew. And, and usually what we do, we didn't give you a heads up on this, but usually what we do is we give – uh, our guests, one minute with a microphone to the company. Mm, well, uh, <laughs> it, surprise. It, I'm, a, I'm a professional speaker, so I'm supposed I to come up are. with this pretty darn quickly. But, you know, really at, at the time of year that we're talking, in the year that we're talking. So, you know, we're in the midst of this, uh, you know, I'll call it a sacred time of year. Uh, no matter what your faith is. And, um, you know, this really is the time to catch your breath reconnect to the things and the people that matter. You know, we're, we're, we're going to pick up the shovel again in a couple of weeks and we're going to get right back into it. But um, there is so much to be grateful for in our nation. There's so much to be grateful for in our homes and in our company. And I, I would just invite everyone to, to take a moment and find, find those points of gratitude because it's just too easy these days to, find the points of difference and the things to complain about. And, you know, Hey, look, we all got a pair of bills and all of those things, but there's a lot of goodness happening in, in, in our society and in your company. And I would invite people to pause and find those things. A very good point, Wally. Thank you. So we're going to sign off with you now. Pete, did you all have right. anything you want to tap Wally for before we let him go? Oh no, we're going to, we're going to put him to his paces in a couple of weeks, too. It might be the other way around, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it will be. <laughs> All right, y'all. Merry Christmas. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Wally. Take care. Thanks, bud. So nobody knows it, but Cam snuck in the room here while we were wrapping that conversation up with Wally. I'm really looking forward to, to meeting Wally here. I am, week. too. Uh, you know, I, I see a lot of his stuff on LinkedIn, and he's got some really great stuff. I'm, I'm really excited to meet him, and I'm looking forward to what he's going to do and uh, for training yeah. our employee owners. Yeah. I think it's going to be great for the foreman to, to get some exposure. We didn't get a chance to get them together last year. And so this is, I'm really looking forward to this uh, three, two day sessions per group. It's going to be fun. It's going to be real good stuff. Herb. So we're going to move on to our safety topic. Yes, sir. With our safety director, Cameron Hagar. Uh, good morning, everybody. Today we're going to, how was your Christmas? My Christmas was awesome. It was, I didn't do a whole lot Saturday or Sunday. So, Oh, that's good. I mean, Sunday's the Sabbath. You're not supposed to do much then, but. This is true. Uh, But no, it was very relaxing. Uh, Nice few days off. Made my annual uh, Italian homemade sauce, meatballs, and everything like that. So it was good stuff. I didn't know Hagar was Italian. Regular old guinea over here. So you got a safety topic we're going to discuss. I do, and it's on incident management. So one of the things, actually, I'm going to ask you, Herb, what's the definition of an incident? An incident? What's the definition of one? Yep. Uh, what we're about to have. Oh, geez. Here we An, an incident <laughs> is uh, when something happens. Correct. So, so there's, I guess it's subjective, right? But according to OSHA, they define it as an unplanned, undesired event that can or does adversely affect a completion of a task. So, so in, in, the, in the OSHA safety realm. Right. Unplanned. Unplanned event essentially. So what it comes down to um, that affects your work, uh, injury, near miss, whatever it may be. Uh, some of the types of incidents that you know we might experience here at Sargent are injuries, just like any, any other construction company in the industry, property damage, near misses, 
uh, auto accidents, uh, and even environmental spills, hydraulic stuff, oil, and things like that. Uh, so when we say we got through a day without incident, it could, that's a great thing. Yeah, it could be It could be a number of different things. could have been an injury, property damage related to equipment or something like that. Um, there, there's a lot of different things that uh, can happen as far as incidents go um, with Sargent and honestly, any construction company in the industry. So what do we do when an incident occurs? Any one of those types, right? The first thing you want to do is figure out if it's an if it's a medical emergency, right? If somebody needs medical attention, if you know, the first thing to do is figure out if, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, if you know that person is endangered or you know unconscious, etc. And if if it's a medical emergency, call nine one one, right? Don't hes oh. don't hesitate. Make sure you get that taken care of, right? If it's not a medical emergency, the first step is to secure the scene and ensure the injured uh, worker or employee receives proper treatment you know, whether that's on-site first aid or getting them over to an occupational clinic, right? Once the incident scene is secure, the next step is to report the incident to, you know, your sergeant supervisor or sergeant uh, superintendent, as well as the operations manager and me, the safety director. After it's reported, you know, the scene's secure, we get the employee all set or the piece of equipment, uh, the next step is the incident investigation process. So there, there's a few things involved in this, but I'll list them out quickly, right? So the incident report is a big piece of that. And when the... It's the basis of the review process. Exactly. It's the basis of that incident investigation where the superintendent and or foreman will start that. Um, You'll want to take pictures, make sure, you know, we got timestamps on the pictures, original conditions. We want to make sure we're getting the actual event, not a couple hours after. Um, You want to get close-ups, of, you know, if, let's just say it's property damage or something like that. You want to get close-ups of the damage, measurements, um, you know, tools that were used in a property damage or an auto accident or an injury. You want to make sure we're getting all aspects of pictures, vantage points, close-ups, measurements, anything and everything that we can. Um, also, you want to make sure we start that incident description, right? And that's really the, it's a mini movie is the best way to put it, mm-hmm. of the event. The who, what, when, where, why, and how. Um, next thing is witness statements. If, you know, anybody that saw the incident want to get statements from those employees. And and if there were no, uh, witness, actual witnesses, you want to get statements from anybody that either responded to the incident, uh, or assisted in any way. And then lastly, uh, is the post incident review. So here it's Argent, you know, for any injury that results in a recordable or any incident that we deem, you know, serious enough, we will hold a post-incident review meeting, and from that meeting, we talk about contributing factors, corrective actions, and root cause. And then, at a minimum, out of that meeting, we have a lessons learned that's distributed to the company, and we implement those corrective actions, uh, discuss the root cause, and and hopefully continuously improve as employee so when, owners. When we've got a let's say an operator or a laborer involved, a truck driver. Yep. Um, and you mentioned those steps of taking photographs and, and beginning to document what, what uh, role do those people play that, that may have either been involved in the incident or seen it? So let's, we'll stick with the truck driver as an example, right? Let's just say there's an auto accident, um, you know, dump truck or something like that, you know, backs into some, somebody or, so, or something, whatever, something happens. Uh, that truck driver should obviously make sure that, you know, any other parties are okay, assess the damage, secure the scene, and then immediately take pictures right then and there 
of you know the sergeant equipment, any other equipment, um, insurance information, contact the police. You know what I mean? If it is an auto accident, make sure we get them involved. Um, and then you know from there, once obviously and before you take pictures, right, and start that after you secure the scene, notify your supervisor, and then all those pictures that you that that uh, truck driver takes will then be handed over to either me, Arthur, our safety specialist, the operations managers and superintendents, and all that information, as well as his witness statement, his or her, will be added into that incident report yep. for the incident investigation. So that all people ought to be interested in hearing of this conversation about this. Correct. About this incident. There's a lot involved, and I don't want everyone to think that, you know, you're solely responsible out there, right? If you're a truck driver or an operator or foreman, you're not solely responsible for completing this incident investigation. Right. Myself, Arthur, uh, Justin Embry, as well as the superintendents and the office managers, we're here to help. Well, you're in, their input could be valuable to what goes back out to the field in the form of lessons learned. Correct. So safety team is here to help and, uh, you know, complete that incident investigation process we're here for guidance as a resource. We'll go through descriptions, witness statements, pictures, mark stuff up, do what we need to do, and make sure we get the correct information out to the field as far as corrective actions. All right. Thank you. Thank you. And with that, we move on to shout-outs. All right. So our first shout-out. You're going to start this off. I am going to start this off. So first shout-out's from Nick Falloon, and he says, shout-out to Kruger Tyler for coming in Saturday to help Ryan Lassard try and get the crusher running. I should point out. The first few of these are shout-outs that we got from last week. Correct. Yep. Arthur Herbest has a shout-out to the Sergeant family. want to say thank you for allowing me to do what I love, safety, where I want to be, Sergeant. That's a good one. Yeah, it is. So I actually have a couple shout-outs, and the first one is to Heather Hutchinson and Kim Ryan. for their These are from you to them. Correct. From me to these individuals or team members. Uh, so shout-out to Heather Hutchinson and Kim Ryan for their efforts to help Sergeant with DOT compliance. This is no easy task, and they've been working diligently without hesitation to bring us up to speed. And not only have they been doing this DOT compliance stuff, but they've been doing it on top of their regular duties. So I just I want to give a shout-out to them. Thank you very much. The next one is to Arthur Herbis, Justin Embry, and Kim Ryan for uh, their brainstorming efforts on our safety focus items for 2022. We had a great meeting a couple weeks ago. Uh, to really Maybe in a future podcast you can talk about that. Arthur, Justin, and Kim, I just want to thank you guys. You had some great ideas, and, and we have some good stuff coming for the 2022 season, and I'm really looking forward to it. And then my last shout-out is coming up here about end of my 10, 10 months here at Sergeant, and I just want to thank the entire Sergeant family. You've helped make 2021 one of my best years yet, and I appreciate everyone welcoming me uh, to the Sergeant family, and I look forward to years to come as an employee owner and Sergeant. That's a well-deserved welcome. Josh Shaw. I'd like to give a shout-out to the entire team down in the quarry. Mike Wheaton, Matt Hatch, Jackie Morin, Dana Legassi, Nick Colomy, Mike Miller, and Chris Curtis. We've had another successful and safe season. Great job, everyone. He also wants to give a shout-out to Shelly Langerak. She's behind the scenes, taking care of the customers, hired trucking, and our fellow employee owners. She's a huge help, and she's greatly appreciated. Thank you, Shelly, for all you do. Tim Richards, shout out to Cam Hagar for being the contact for employee owners to call when they're sick and possibly have COVID or have had a close contact. Cam has given the needed guidance for each individual case. I think I speak for all managers within the company when I say we appreciate what he's taken on in this role. That's a good one. Thank you. Thanks, Tim. 
Justin Porter's shout out to Chris Powell and the crew at Olander. They've been working hard digging ditches and setting up pumps to dewater a running sand and clay pond where we'll get about 40,000 yards of structural material to build a new landfill cell. So this is like a big sandy clay area where we uh, trying to dewater and then we pile the stuff up and let it decant or dewater. And so uh, big shout out to those guys for the work there. Uh, Tasha has a shout out to all employee owners who are doing their part to keep our computer systems safe and secure by reporting bad emails and keeping up on security trainings. The following employee owners have done advanced security training on their own initiative. Kendall Bickford, Kevin Gordon, Red Rancourt, Scott Blanchard, Tina Bushard, Wanda Landry. And our top fish alert reporters, that is the people reporting potential threats using the fish alert option, Cam Hagar, Jeff Marsh, Kendall Bickford, and Kevin Burns. Reporting threatening and malicious email allows our systems to eradicate potentially threatening email from the inboxes of all our email accounts. So if you have an email that comes in and you report it, it immediate, and it is a bad one, it immediately eradicates from everyone's email account. That's a big deal. Yeah, it is. Also, a thank you to all our project managers for the work on the November contract audit confirmations. We start our annual audit in November so we can streamline closing our books on December 31st and get a jump on the annual con- company valuation for our ESOP share price. The early attention by the PMs allows the company to have our stock price in late March, which allows our ESOP statements to be ready in early May. It's all part of honing our craft and putting our employee owners at the forefront of what we do. And then finally, a shout out to all our employee owners. This is also from Tasha. Congratulations on a successful year and the many incredible projects you've built during 2021. Thanks, Tasha. That was a that, that was a mouthful. That was a mouthful. All right, our ne- I'll give Herb a break here. So the next one's from R.J. Russell. His first shout out goes to Ozzy, Benny, and Lyman. These guys are getting the job done big time at the Chandler Pit. It's awesome to see loyal sergeant owners do what is needed to be productive. His R.J.'s next shout out is to Smokin' Joe Frazier. Thank you for the heads up. So my deliveries will be done with ease. Appreciate that phone call, old boy. Good shout outs by R.J. Casey Noyes, I'm a day late to almost everything lately. This is a shout-out. I'm more than a month late. I have a huge, sincere thank you for my entire group that kept the job cost department going while I was out. You all went above and beyond your already busy daily routine to fill my shoes and get even more done. For this, I'm thankful. To know all of you and work alongside all of you, for this, I am grateful. I'll never be able to say thank you enough or loud enough. But I want you all to know you're appreciated. So Gail, Cody, Wanda, Monique, Bonnie, Amy, Janet, and Sarah, you're so very appreciated, and I adore you all. What a great team. That is a great team. And a great shout-out. All right, the next one's from Ed Barnes. This is from this week. This Yes, so the, these two next shout-outs are from this week. His first one is from Ed Barnes, and he'd like to give a shout-out to Josh Shaw. He says, Josh covered for Tony Adams and I last Wednesday and Thursday so we can enjoy a few extra days with our respective families over the long holiday. We certainly appreciate that. Thank you, Josh. That is a good shout-out. That's a good shout-out. And then Corey Buck has a shout-out to Kevin Gordon for someone that always shows up to a job site and always works hard. He brings the best out of the crew, and I hope he can find more, as we know he will. Thanks, Kevin. Please bring your work ethics to the job site. You deserve more than this, but it's all we got for now. And that's from the York Tollplasm. I got to echo that. That's just Kevin does a phenomenal job in, in everything he does is visiting the jobs and workforce advancement and 
and the entire team over there. He leaves nothing undone. Correct. And, and you know, Kendall and Pete, they, they do the same thing. Yep. So Correct. A great trio to be in charge of our workforce advancement. Here comes an applause. Okay, there's one anonymous question for Herb. It's a good one. So last week, I joined Facebook. I thought you were already on it. Well, kind of. So, so you get Facebook, and I get rid of mine. So I have, I, I, on Friday, I signed on to Facebook, and I just I posted a message to the crew. I, I just think I'd like to see that energized a little bit, the Facebook thing. Not that I'm going to be the one to energize it, but get in there and kick ass and take names a little bit. So, so the question is, who in the hell talked him into Facebook? I never thought I would see the day. I talked myself into it. Why? Because, frankly, I was lurking on Facebook. To be, you were Facebook. I was, I was Facebook. creeping everybody. I was creeping uh, the company page, the, the sergeant employee page, and the company page on Facebook. And there were some times that I felt like I wanted to get on and comment or whatever or like or something because I was a creep. I didn't like and I didn't comment. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to bear myself here and climb on. Well, now you can, you know, actually like things. Like and things. And, and make- anyways, so that's, that's, I talked myself into it. That's the answer. Uh, Price is Right. We get that good old music, Herb. Before we go to Price is Right, though, I do want to mention that last uh, week we were a low and only bidder on a landfill cell in Charles County, Maryland of about $13.4 million. Uh, I failed to mention this at the top of the program, so I'm going to mention it now. Uh, good job, Aaron Tidd, on that product, on that bid. Uh, we understand it is over budget, so we may not be awarded the project, but it was still a good low bid for, uh, for a Mid-Atlantic group down there. This was in Charles County, Maryland. That's a great win. Yeah. Hopefully we can get together with them and see what we can do to help reduce costs and, and keep pressing ahead. Price is right. The cost of employee training during the winter 2020-2021. So this goes November 2020 to April 2021. So we have, uh, I'm going to say, 10 guesses, 9, 10 guesses. The lowest guess is Derek True, $64,268.12. The highest guess is Ken Thurlow, $518,463.74. And the next guess to Ken is less than half of his. That's a Chris Lynch is $250,000. Big, big difference. Mark Wright. 222, 222, 22. Nobody's doing this 5, 6, 7, 8 thing or 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. So the real cost is $743,038.64. So there's significantly more than anybody thought. Yeah. And that does include, by the way, that includes the salaries of the people being trained. So uh, Ken Thurlow at 518,463.74 is the closest without going over. And he seems to get a lot of these right. What is it, like third or fourth time winning now? He must have made five grand on these guesses this year. 
That's a lot. That's a lot. I don't think it's really five grand. It's probably like two hundred fifty bucks. But either way. So Ken Thurlow with fifty dollar gift certificate to Amazon, the company store, or a credit card. Yeah, Visa gift card, I believe. Right? Visa gift card, it is. His choice. Congratulations, Ken. And a couple announcements. Well, hold on there, Herb. What about next week's Price is Right? Don't get pushy with me, Hagar. I'll try not to. I know you're the boss. The cost of a cutting edge for a D6. A D6 XE, and the reason it's called XE is because the final drives are electric on it. So that machine right there, if you need to Google what a D6 XE is, you can. You can you can figure out what that cutting edge looks like, but we want to know what the cost to replace the cutting edge on a D6 XE. Hopefully we get more guesses. Hope so. And we got a couple announcements here from Amy, primarily. She's uh, working hard to get everybody signed on in the uh, medical insurance program here. So folks who are on other insurance, so if you work here and you're on your spouse's insurance, uh, we have an option where we reimburse you $250 a month. So if you're on your spouse's insurance, uh, you ought to be able to get $250 a month. You need to send in the current info and proof of insurance to Amy Soames ASAP, please. Now, just a clarification, that is $250 a month. That's not a one-time? $250 a month. Interesting. I would, if you apply, you know, if you qualify for that, I'd recommend it. So it's it's our way of saying, well, if if you don't take the company insurance, then we don't have that cost that we would if you did take the company insurance. So we want to make it right with you. So we're paying you a little bit to be on your spouse's insurance. 250 bucks a month. Um, also, Amy says the postal service is running slow, which may cause a delay in sergeant health plan participants receiving their new Cigna cards. If you or someone in your family has an upcoming medical appointment or needs to fill a prescription in early January, please contact Amy Soames, and she can provide you with a Cigna coverage letter to use until your new card arrives. So it's it's no news this time of year. The the postal and shipping always slows down. It's, it's uh, as Tasha and Eric always say, exacerbated by supply chain problems here, COVID-related. So you just need to contact Amy Soames here in Stillwater, 207-827-4435, or via email at AS, as in Sam, O-M-E-S is in Sam, at sergeant.us. So, asomes at sergeant.us. And Cam, that pretty well wraps us up. I think we're good to go, Herb. Yeah? It's it, it, This could be one of the, this, this holiday we have coming up is probably akin to maybe the 4th of July in one that maybe leads people astray. So, you thinking complacency during the holidays? Yeah. I don't want to dig too deep into that, but the, the my point is just do the right thing. Be careful. Uh, you know, if if you're going to go to a party, go to a party. Get get your driving situation straightened around beforehand. But the point is, we just want to we want everybody to be safe and healthy. I want you to return on January third, ready to rock and roll for 2022. Let's get after it. Zero accidents. Zero accidents. Thanks, everybody. Mm-hmm.